welcome back to the Financial Flex with Lex podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and let's change the way we talk about money. Um, Happy Wednesday. I hope everyone's day is going well so far, and if it's not, then I hope it turns around. Um, My day so far is honestly going pretty well. I woke up this morning, and it was one of those mornings where I was like, oh my goodness, Alex, you are so cute. And I feel like those days don't come around as often as they should. So I am basking in that. It could also be that I have a hair appointment like later on. Um, So I'm just really excited to get to that. Who knows? But um, yeah, so today's episode is going to be a solo episode. I'll give you guys a couple of life updates and then I'm really excited to talk about today's episode topic with you guys. So I'm just going to jump right into the life update portion. Honestly, not much is changing in my world, which is a good thing. Sometimes a little bit of normalcy and routine is nice. A couple weeks ago, John and I, we spoke or we met with a financial planner. It was um, someone John had met on a plane owned a financial planning firm. And so he connected with him and he put us onto someone on his team and so we had like two exploratory discovery calls with him just to kind of learn more about like what he is about how he could help us what I thought was the most valuable was the fact that he helped to create a game plan for us so we pretty much gave him like all of our pay stubs our monthly expenses our retirement accounts and he has a system where he was able to kind of like input all that information and see what our financial picture would be like five years down the road, 10 years down the road. And it was really cool to see. Um, He kept saying like that, honestly, we are in a such good spot, like compared to a lot of people that he sees and just in general, which kind of put me at ease. Um, Sometimes I feel like I get really overwhelmed and really stressed out about money pretty easily. Um, So it was just a nice reminder to hear someone say like, honestly, you are doing very well for yourselves at the ages that you guys are. So that was really nice. Um, And yeah, I think that speaking with the financial planner, I would definitely recommend like if you're just someone that has a little bit of like concern or you're really wanting to learn how to make your money work better for you. I think that they are great people to talk to. Um, we made the decision to not go with him right at this moment because we still have some goals that we want to accomplish. And right now we just don't really think it makes like the most sense for us to work with him. But hopefully sometime in the near future, we'll be able to do that because I really liked him. He seemed like a really like trustworthy, like down to earth, honest guy. So that was a very, very good um, experience there. Um, Let's see what else. So unless you've been like living under a rock, then you probably heard about like the student loan news, how the Supreme Court will probably be seeing the case sometime in February and making a decision. But until then, um, our student loan payments have been paused yet again or extended. The pause has been extended um, until summer, I believe, like June or July. So that's really great for everyone who's, you know, still reeling and dealing with the effects of COVID and can't make those monthly payments, or, you know, maybe this is a time for you guys to rebuild your emergency fund instead of, you know, paying off loans. It's like you're rebuilding savings or creating savings. Like maybe you just never had the opportunity to do so. So 
there's some good that comes out of it. I feel like you guys already know what I'm going to say. I would say if you are able to pay off your loans, well, hmm, actually, maybe I wouldn't say that right now because we paid off our loans and then got a refund for the 20K once we learned that that was something that we could do. And then I applied for forgiveness and got an email that I was approved. So if it goes through, I'm good. So maybe I wouldn't say pay off your loans. I don't know. Do what's best for you, honestly. this I'm not a financial expert. I'm just a girl who likes to talk about personal finance. And personal finance is just that, super personal. So yeah, but that's a little update for you guys there. I will say if you have private student loans or no, if you have federal student loans and you're thinking about consolidating them to become private, I would definitely um, take some time to think about that because you lose all the benefits that, you know, federal loan, um, federal student loans offer like the, um, forbearance right now that we're in, uh, lower interest rates, things like that. So I would definitely um, just do a little bit of research, talk to uh, your, your student loan people and kind of just get more information before you make that decision because you don't want to ultimately be shooting yourself in the foot. Um, so yeah, there's you know a little bit of news there. And then lastly, I saw this post on Instagram, and I just want to read it. Give me two seconds. Let me find it. People feel guilty using their emergency funds for emergencies. This is because we view having an emergency fund as an end goal. Your emergency fund is not an end goal. It's there to fulfill a function. View your emergency fund as a water fountain. Tap from it when you're thirsty and refill when the jug is empty. And I saw that and I was like, ooh, I definitely have to share that because I think that is so true. Um, I know for me personally, there have been times where we've wiped out our emergency fund down to zero. There are times where we've maybe taken a couple thousand from it. And each time it doesn't get less painful, but each time I am so thankful that that money is there and that we don't have to go into debt in order to take care of these expenses. Um, So this is just a friendly reminder, a piece of encouragement. If you don't have an emergency fund, I would highly, highly, highly recommend considering building one. Um, You can start off at a thousand and then gradually build your way up. Right now we are working uh, towards six to 12 months of expenses. 12 months would be ideal for us. And that's just like bare bones, like being able to afford rent or utilities. Um, we don't have any debt, so there's no like random monthly payments that we need to be making anywhere else. So, and that's for something like if, I don't know if one of us loses our job or, you know, the car breaks down and it's just like kaput and we absolutely need to go out and buy another one, we're able to do that and not go into debt. So that's what we're working towards. But having an emergency fund is just, uh, just gives you a different peace of mind, honestly. So um, I would definitely encourage anyone who doesn't have one to start building one. And you can start slow. You can start with $500. You can start with $1,000 and then gradually build up to that six to 12 months. Just get started today. So that was my little Alex Corner, my little life updates, some news, you know. Um, I hope you guys feel a little, I don't even know, energized, whatever. But um, so with that being said, let's get into today's episode. Uh, 
Before we get into it, just a friendly reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely my own and do not reflect that of my employer. And also, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to give it five stars, leave a comment, leave a review, uh, follow the podcast on Instagram at Financial Flex Podcast, and more importantly, share it. Share, share, share. Let's spread the good news or the good podcast. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'd say for like the last two years, you know I am a thrift girly. I love thrifting. I get some kind of high from finding good finds. Um, I just love it so much. I think it's so fun. And there are several benefits, one of the main ones being financial benefits, not only in the fact that you're saving money, but you can also make money off of thrift finds which is awesome. And then also to just like the environmental impact, you know, you're limiting waste as much as you can. You're giving old things a new purpose and just, I don't know, it's all good things, I feel like, in my opinion. So today I wanted to discuss, um, well, I wanted to share five tips to become a savvy thrifter or like a savvy secondhand shopper. Ooh, I like that. Five tips to becoming a a savvy secondhand shopper um, and then also some tips on how to sell your items on platforms like Poshmark, Depop, Macari, Facebook Marketplace, things like that. Um, during the pandemic, this was something that I really like leaned into super hard because, um, well, one, I enjoyed it and it was something John and I did together. So it was like a little like bonding moment. We would hit up Goodwills, we would hit up estate sales, and it was just so much fun doing that with him. And then also too, I made about like $4,000 during that summer, um, buying and reselling items. And so all of that money went towards my student loan debt. So that was another avenue where I was making revenue. I was also, I had my full-time nine to five, but I also, um, was uh, doing grocery uh, grocery deliveries with uh, shipped, and so this was just like an additional stream of revenue for us. And it was, you know, it really every dollar counted at that moment. So it, that was super beneficial for us. So I just wanted to, you know, share my tips and tricks, and hopefully, if this is something that you're interested in, this is like a good starting place for you to go to and learn how to do it, and then do it on your own because it's super easy. So when I was younger, I absolutely hated thrifting. Well, I didn't hate it. I just wanted it to be really embarrassing. My family, we didn't do it all the time, but there was a certain time period in life where I do remember having to go to Goodwills and I was just a little embarrassed, but a little like intrigued because I saw that you could get like name brand things like Abercrombie and American Eagle, um, which was super popular at the time for like way less. And I never bought those items like off the rack in store so even though I was a little embarrassed it was a little interesting to me in high school I would thrift a little bit here and there but I was really limited to the stores that I could go to because I didn't drive I didn't well I drove I just didn't have my own car in high school and also Stroudsburg Pennsylvania I just don't think is really the spot for thrifting unless that's changed over the last like I don't know 10-15 years but personally um no, just was never like the best experience. So like I said earlier, during the pandemic, 
I fell into a side of Instagram and TikTok where thrifting was just absolutely everything. And so that's what kind of like reignited that interest for me. So I started to go to estate sales. I started to go to um, Goodwills and try to find things. And actually, now that I'm talking about it, there was a girl on TikTok. She was one of the very first people that I followed. And I can't remember her her username at all but she would be going to estate sales and that's how I first learned about estate sales because I was like you can go into people's homes and and like buy things for cheap like that's kind of crazy and she would always show off like the designer stuff that she would get and I'm like oh my goodness like no I need to be in there like I'm missing out I really wish I knew her name Uh, but that's actually how I got into uh that's actually how I got into estate sales so at the same time too I was also exploring with my personal style I was just really tired of the way I was dressing currently and there was like a certain look that I felt like I could do and do very well and so being able to thrift was allowing me to explore my style and my fashion without spending like an arm and a leg at like Aritzia or um, Reformation not that I would ever shop at Reformation because the prices for those dresses are expensive, but like um, Revolve, things like that. So it was really like a cost-effective way for me to explore my style pretty much. And um, for estate sales, it was really nice because we would find really nice like home decor pieces. And at the time, our apartment was already pretty much furnished because we got a lot of things um, when we got married as like wedding gifts. So we didn't need too much. But walking through the house, we would always be like, oh, this would be so sick. Like, you know, our next place, we could do something like that. We would we just love to, like, get get the inspo from all these different houses. Um, So, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, my journey, so to speak, with um, secondhand shopping and thrifting. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the tips. So the most important thing, in my opinion, is location. Location, location, location. So the more affluent the area, the more likely you are to find nicer pieces. I don't make the rules. I'm sorry. This is just what I've found to be true. And several other um, shoppers will say the same thing. Um, There's a girl on YouTube that I follow. Her name is Best Dressed. I had been following her since the pandemic. And she would actually, like, Google most affluent areas or like most rich areas like in the town that she lived in and then um organize everything by like zip code and then just go from there which I thought was like a genius idea so I would do the same thing for where I lived like I would go to areas like Buckhead or Alpharetta Johns Creek like just nicer areas and I would always find that my thrift finds were better. I would find nicer items. Sometimes I would find things with brand new items with a tag still on them. Like I went thrifting the other, a couple weekends ago, I found like a Neiman Marcus, like cashmere uh, cardigan, which I'm obsessed with. I found two pair of like really, really cute slacks with the tag still on that fit me perfectly. And they were both retailed for $50, got them for six. So location that'll be your best friend next I have go in with no expectations um 
I think because what you see online, you see all these people showing off their thrift finds, like their thrift hauls. You're like, oh my gosh, the next time I go thrifting, I'm going to walk in and sweep the place clean. And then you get there and you're like, this is disgusting. Everything smells like mothballs. What's happening? Um, yeah, go in with no expectations. It's so easy to get discouraged when you don't find any like cool pieces So just go in with the mindset of like, I have no expectations. I don't think I'm going to sweep the place clean. Let me just go in here, see what they have. I always have like a few pieces in mind for like what I'm looking for. That way I don't get really overwhelmed and sidetracked. So when I went a couple weekends ago, I was like, okay, I am looking for sweaters and slacks, primarily slacks because I'm tired of wearing jeans. I want to incorporate more pants and more slacks into my wardrobe. So that's what I was mainly on the lookout for. Um, so yeah, so I spent time sifting through the racks. I think that is so important. So going through everything, you know, with a careful and, and um, thorough eye, uh, checkout sections you normally wouldn't check out. The men's section usually has like really good, really good finds, I feel like. Um, when I was in my like baby tea era, I would go to the children's section and like find like large or extra large like boys t-shirts because I knew that that would fit me enough but not feel not fit like a regular tee it would still be kind of cropped um so that's you know that's like another tip and then also you have to understand that if you're gonna go on like a Saturday afternoon Goodwill is gonna be you know busy there's gonna be more people there so that means more people are sifting through the racks. Maybe someone came in an hour before you and, you know, grabbed all the good pieces. You just don't know. So if you are able to go, you know, sometime during the week when things are a little bit slower and you have the ability to kind of just like casually browse and really take your time and, you know, you're not dealing with like screaming kids running around the store and, you know, trying to side eye the fellow young savvy thrifting shopping girl that's, you know, looking at a pair of pants that you want like I would definitely suggest maybe going during the week and then also speak to the sales associates about when new items are being put on the floor Uh, I think that's also a great way to know like okay like Tuesdays these really nice uh on on Tuesdays um these uh new items are going to be put on the floor. So you just have like first dibs and obviously I think they'd be more than happy to tell you when new items are coming in my next tip is to buy things because you genuinely like them and not because it's trendy it is so 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 easy to get caught up into buying things because they're trendy and cheap like those those two things together are so dangerous and before you know it you have a closet full of clothes that you don't need and then what do you do you just return them back to goodwill like it's kind of counterproductive um so what I suggest is really if you're shopping for yourself, like you're, you don't have any plans of reselling an item, I would really get clear on what your style is. So for example, for me, I don't like wearing color. I don't wear a ton of patterns. I don't like bold prints. That's just not my not my vibe. Like I know I like neutrals. I like for my pants, I like my pants to fit a little baggy, a little looser, like for my tops to be a little tighter. Um, 
there are some like some things like t-shirts I will like oversized so I just have a very clear vision of the things that I like and when I'm looking at an item I always think to myself am I going to wear this item literally every single day and be obsessed and get my cost per wear out of this or is this something that I saw on TikTok and I'm I just want to like wear once or post about it because it's trendy and I got it for five dollars and if it's the latter I just put it down but if it's something that I'm truly obsessed with and that I'm like oh I can incorporate this into my everyday wardrobe then I go ahead and buy it um I will buy trendy pieces if I have the intention of reselling it so if it's a really popular item and even though I don't wear it but I know like okay if I were going to if I'm going to post this on Depop I know this would sell I would go ahead and buy it so another example um during the pandemic slip dresses for whatever reason slip dresses were like one of the trendiest things like the girlies were just eating them up and at the Goodwills that I would go to or at the consignment shops that I would go to, they would always have a ton. So I would buy like three or four of them, even though I personally, I don't think they look good on me. I don't think that they're flattering on me. So personally, I stay away from them, but I knew that they were super trendy. So I bought them and they would, anytime I would post them, like one of the first things to sell and I would get a good return on them as well. So It just really depends. If you're shopping for yourself, get really clear on your personal style. But if you're shopping to resell, then it doesn't hurt to like, you know, look at the more trendy, trendier like name brand pieces for sure. Next, I have be patient. So when and this is specifically for when you're looking to um, buy things for your home. So three three months ago, John and I moved into a new apartment and we were like, okay, this is our time to shine. We really want to curate a home that we are obsessed with, that that feels really comfy and cozy. And that when people come over, they, you know, they don't feel like, oh, this is like a museum. Like, I don't know, like Kim Kardashian's house. Like, I think everyone's, not everyone, but I know that neutral minimalism Scandinavian like museum art deco vibes it's it's like super in right now and while I love elements of each design style we just really wanted to stay away from that as much as we could or like the, the museum feeling of it feeling just really pretty but not functional we really wanted everything to feel everything to have a purpose and just feel very comfortable and cozy so with that in mind, we're doing everything on a budget, right? So our couch, we didn't buy secondhand. We bought that brand new and that was honestly the most expensive purchase we made. But everything else in our house from our office desk chair, our TV stand, um, our rug, our coffee table, those are all things that we bought via Facebook Marketplace. Um, and we had to be very patient, literally I think like three of the four things I just said, we literally just got in the last two weeks. And mind you, we've been living here since August. I am on Facebook Marketplace every single day, just looking at new listings, seeing um, what new items are coming in because I have a very clear style of like what we like and what we want. Um, And so I just don't want to buy something just for the sake of buying it to fill up space. I did that when we moved into John's parents' house. We really needed a dresser. And instead of being patient and, you know, waiting for that right dresser to come around, I bought something in such a, like, 
quick manner and got pretty much scammed because the dresser was falling apart it was so bad and then when I tried to get my money back from the seller they like ghosted me and just it was awful and I couldn't get my money because I paid them through cash app it was a whole thing so I really encourage you to be patient when um, looking to purchase things in your home I know it's super tempting to pull the trigger on something just to fill an empty space but please wait you'll be so glad that you did and you'll end up with pieces that you're obsessed with and that you love and that really really work well within your space and the same thing can go for um the same thing can go for clothing items like if there's a piece that you've been just waiting on like for example so right now letterman jackets like racer jackets are really in right now and I was kind of looking to expand my um fall winter jackets uh just to like you know keep it fresh add some things in there but I didn't want to buy anything brand new and I mean I was at Zara and I saw a jacket and I was like, oh, this would be really cute. But I just did not want to pay a, like over $100 for a jacket, especially from Zara. I was just like, eh, no. So I stayed patient and I went to a, um, a vintage shop um, that's maybe like 20 minutes away from where I live one day. And I came across a jacket that I thought was super dope and was like the same vibe as what I was looking for and bought it and I bought it for $50. So I'm going to keep saying it, be patient, be patient, be patient. It pays off in the end. And then my last tip is just to have fun. Like this is not, you're not curing cancer. No one's life is on the line. Have fun with it. Don't take yourself super duper seriously. Um, I think that's why I keep, you know, going thrifting because for me, it's kind of become a hobby. Like I said, I get some weird high off of it. I just really enjoy finding new pieces and figuring out, okay, how can I include this in my home or my personal wardrobe or is this a way for me to make money off of it? Um, It's just, you know, it's a lighthearted fun thing. It's not supposed to be super serious, so don't take it as such. And with that being said, um, here are some additional tips for reselling items on platforms like Facebook, Marketplace, and Depop, and what other, what other, um, whatever other, you know, apps are are out there these days. So, like I said earlier, um, you can definitely. There are people who have whole businesses dedicated to selling um, things secondhand. Like when I was really really doing it there were girls who would buy vintage Levi's and sell them for a pair for $200 I know I found this lady and she was she had to be like in her like 60s but she was selling all of her old vintage Levi's I bought 10 pairs for $100 and I wasn't gonna sell jeans for $200 I don't know personally I just think that's a little scammy I just don't like it but hey, if you like it, I love it. So I sold them for like 70 or $75. And honestly, like people were, they would always be the first to sell because they were super, super in and super trendy at the time. I mean, they still are, but I don't know, in 2020, like Levi jeans, like 501 jeans were like literal gold. Um, So yeah, you can really make a living off of this at the very least it can become a side hustle and it's a way for you to make extra money um the number one like little the number one thing is you have to 
really sell the item. And by that, I mean, if it's a home good item, like let's say you're selling a rug, you need to stage it in a way that looks appealing to people viewing it online. If you're selling a pair of jeans, you need to style them in a way that looks appealing online. Take the time to really style the outfit, like style the, the, the item multiple ways. Same thing for, um, home decor items. Like for example, I had bought this like bar stool and I had refurbished it so I'd like repainted it and fixed it up really nice it was a bar stool but I sold it as a plant stand and so even though you could see like oh this is a bar stool I had staged it where there was like a plant and it was like set up really cute in a corner of my apartment so people could see what it would look like in their own home and I kid you not any item that I have staged in a way that people can visualize themselves either wearing it or having it in their home has sold so quickly within like a week or less. Um, Buyers can't touch the item. They can't try on the items. They can't buy it and then return it. So you really, really, really have to clearly show exactly what they're potentially going to get. Um, And then when it comes to leaving a description, I don't use words like used or old or anything like that. I use vintage or pre-loved, antique, um, beautiful. I like describe the colors or if it's a pair of jeans that maybe has a bit of like, you know, wear and tear, but it like looks good. I'll be like uh, pre-loved, distressed vintage jeans or something like that. Well, I'm really careful about using the word vintage. Like if it's really not vintage, I stay away from that. Um, but you get the picture. Accurate, descrip- accurate descriptions that sound enticing is also key. And then also when it comes to pricing items, just you can take this, you can take this with like a grain of salt, do what you want. But I think pricing items reasonably high to where you get a nice return but not too high where you price people out is important and be open to negotiating and this goes both ways for whether you're buying something or whether you're selling something Um, when you're selling something you price it at the absolute highest that you would accept something for so let's just say you're selling a rug you're like okay the absolute highest I will take for this rug is 250 so you price it at 250 even though thinking like eh well you know what I'd be fine if I got 175 for it and if someone comes along they're interested in the rug but they're like I don't want to pay 250 can you do 200 you're like sure I can do 200 because you were fine with 175 but you priced it at 250 and the seller and the buyer came in and you know negotiated with you for 200 everybody wins. And it's the same thing for when you're buying items. I do it all the time, like on Facebook marketplace. I'm like, Hey, is this item still available? Um, if so, like, are you willing to do it for, I don't know, let's say 150. If so, I can pick it up today. I always try to make the offer like enticing, like, Oh, I could pick it up today or later on this evening. So they know that like I'm serious and most of the times it works. So I just bought a pair of bar stools that I had been wanting for the last two months. Um, they were sold out online at the store. So I was just on Facebook marketplace hoping to find something similar and 
I did. The seller was selling them for $275, and I was like, I really don't want to spend $275. So I asked if they would be willing to do, um, I think, $225, and they were like, no, but I can do like $240. And I was like, fine with me. And so everybody wins. I got. I got a pair of brand new chairs that retail for $375 for $240 and, you know, she got money and the chairs are now in a loved home. Everybody wins. So don't be afraid to negotiate. Don't be afraid to, you know, ask like the worst it can say is no. And then you can either make that decision like, okay, I really want this item. So I'm going to go ahead and buy it. Or you can be like, eh, no, it's not worth it. So, yeah. I know that this was a lot of information, but I hope it was really helpful for you um, as you, you know, dive into the world of thrifting. Um, As always, if you guys follow me on Instagram or whatever, feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. I'm totally down to answer any and all questions. I love helping people. I think that this is so fun. It's a great way, like I said, to just be able to like explore different styles, whether it's in your home or your personal wardrobe. And it's also a great way to, you know, make a little cash on the side. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Financial Flex podcast. I appreciate you guys so much. Have an amazing rest of the week, and I will talk to you guys later.